it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Cougar Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn, you get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. So this is Johnny Escott for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I am joined by the Commonwealth and European Games golden medalist and soon-to-be Olympian, Mr. Delicious Ori. How are we, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I know it's been a it's been a pretty mad week for you, hasn't it? And obviously, you're making time for us, which I I appreciate massively. Um, it has been, yeah, it has been. Uh, but I won't have it any other way. It's been a, it's been an amazing week. Week I'll never forget. Um, it's just great being able to go through these memories and uh, well have these memories and go through these events um, I've all, that I've always dreamt about. So I look back and um, and I know I've, I've spent them very well. Yeah, it, I can imagine it's it's been a crazy week, but we'll get into that. But first of all, let's go back to where it all started. You were born in Russia to a Nigerian father and, and a Russian mother. What what do you remember about yeah. that? Yeah, so um, early childhood, born in Moscow, and then uh, my mom and dad moved back to where my mom's originally from uh, with her family. So uh, fairly local. I grew up just like a just a, you know, had a normal childhood, really going through, going to school like nursery um, in the early years. Um, obviously, Russian being my first language. Um, and I sort of started noticing a bit of difficulties on my my on my parents' side, you know, financially and uh, career wise, and um, the lot. As I started get getting older, you know, five six years old, and um, my dad then decided, and mom decided then to move um, to England, basically to seek for a better life. And uh, obviously, being a child, I just tagged along, uh, and I had a new new life here in the in the UK, starting starting again at seven. How did you find that? Obviously, I can't imagine it was it was an easy transition, but I suppose at that age it, it was a little bit different. Yeah, I was so yeah, I was young. Um, 
you know, you're sort of like a blank canvas. I mean, you know, I didn't really you could speak English or anything like that. And obviously that wasn't aware of how it works in England, how, you know, day-to-day -day life is operated. Because it's all different, you know, there's different different countries. But as a child, it's easy. You pick it up quite quickly. Going to school, you know, starting primary school and everything like that, you pick it up quick and uh, you just, you know, you get soaked into the life and it just becomes like sort of normal after a few years. So it was difficult at the start. I'm not saying it wasn't, you know, learning language, making friends, getting used to the culture and how things work. Um, but I knew I sort of like, you know, from early, I knew that I belonged here. Um, you, know, you could tell sort of like the, the way the people are, you know, in, in the classroom, there's a lot more diversity and um, acceptance and all that. So it's like, I knew I belonged here and, and, and it was just, it was hard, but it was smooth sailing afterwards when I got that, um, you know, hang of things. Yeah, it sounds, it's, it's, it's a unique story in itself. I mean, there's there's not many, it's not many people who have that sort of upbringing and then obviously a new country, such a young age. Um, but it wasn't, boxing wasn't your first sport, was it? What, what was your first sport that, that really got you into sport? So it was basketball originally. Um, I was quite a tall kid. Um, so I sort of naturally gravitated towards basketball. Um, and I really, I, I got, I'm quite, I've always been quite competitive since, since a young age. So, you know, academically, I've always wanted to, you know, get high grades and achieve as much as, as, as mo most uh, as I possibly could. Um, from the sports side, I was always quite sporty, competitive that way. So I got into basketball. It was great for me as well, being getting involved in that at a young age because it allowed me to, get to know more people, socialise, interact, get to know what real com competition is about, that, friend, you know, that um, sort of um, that healthy competition. And um, so it, basketball was perfect for me at, at that age to um, develop my skills, not just through the actual, not just through my basketball, like my actual basketball skills, but with um, my peers and my colleagues and my friends that I made um, during that sort of uh, part of my life. So, I I took it very very seriously. Again, I've always taken things seriously since a young age. So for me, it was like a dream to represent. I mean, to just play in the NBA and, and play in America and, and go all the way that way. Um, so I, yeah, I grew up playing that till age of eighteen, um, and it sort of I hit like a a roadblock. It was like I had to basically obviously move on move to America in order to follow, to chase that dream, but because I had uh, legal difficulties with my passport and situations like that, um, it was difficult for me to carry on and, um, you know, chase the aspiration. So I decided to stay back. And at the same time, actually, one of my main goals was to get a degree, you know, at university. And um, it was a big dream of my, you know, mine, my parents as well. So I made sure to to follow through and do that and get to university in the UK, which is very important for me. So um, I, that's when I sort of started trans transitioning. It was just sort of like perfect time where I got to got involved in boxing, got to know a little bit about boxing, how it works, and I just thought I'd give it a go. And to be honest, I didn't really think just give it a go. I sort of just I thought to myself, I'll do it and I'll do it to the best of my ability and I want to get to the top. So that's how it all started and that's how I was going still. You mentioned it there briefly. You've obviously is it have you got a bachelor's degree? Yes, that's yeah, economics. 
so how did you find that juggling? Obviously, as an amateur boxer, and then I mean, uni's quite intense. How did you find that? How yeah, workload. It, it was, um, it was difficult. It was. I have, you know, I'm not going to say it was light work. It was very difficult because again, I wasn't just coasting through uni. I didn't just want to coast and get a a, a decent um, grade, if you like. I wanted to get the best grade. I wanted to do very well. I wanted to understand my subjects. I wanted to do all the lectures, all the seminars, all of that. So, and at the same time, I wanted to excel in my boxing. So, as a result, I had to make a lot of sacrifices. And that result basically meant no life outside of boxing and, and university. Um, you know, I kept it very monk-like, very, very strict, very disciplined. But I knew it was all going to pay off in the end. So, and, and it did, you know, it was, it was a tough four years. But I'll always look back at that time in my life and think, and I was able to get through that, get through anything, you know. So it was, it's, it's a testament. I'm very grateful that I was able to go through that as a, as a young sort of young man. Yeah, of course. And you ended up winning the ABAs. Just talk us through that. That was sort of that was the first big goal of mine to win the ABAs because it always is, you know, as an amateur, the fact that what you want to do is you want to you want to win the ABAs. You want to put your name on that domestic scene. You want people to know who you are domestically, nationally. So for me, that was my first aim. Took me three years, I believe, from when I started boxing to get that. I started in 2016. I won the ABAs in 2019. So three years. Took me three years to win the ABAs. Um, three weeks. It doesn't sound long. It's not long, to be fair, but it's it was day in, day out, every single day, trial and error, learning, um, you know, going through failures, getting some achievements, getting back to drawing boards. And um, I managed to do it. And then that, that's obviously led on to the past the past couple of years. I mean, 2021, was that was when you first got your British passport and it's all gone pretty well from there, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, as soon as I was able to um, get my British passport, it opened so many doors for me that I knew that I was able to, um, you know, these things that I was out to achieve for myself, I knew I was able to go and do it. I just needed something that was out of my control. So it was a very hard few years, actually, 2020, 2021, acquiring the passport. But as soon as I got that, I was able to really chase and go out there and, and, and get what, I re what, what, what I've been working hard for for so long. And then that's that obviously led on. You got you got bronze at the Europeans, and then you obviously got Commonwealth gold, and most recently, European Games gold. Yeah, that you know, um, as soon as I got on GB boxing and got the passport, I know I have the commitment, the drive, the determination, everything. So I like I, as soon as I was able, I was given the opportunity. Mate, I was grabbing that with both hands. No one was going to stop me. You know, it was just simple as that, and it's still the same thing now. I'm very grateful for the position I've been in. It's been difficult, but I'm, now there is just nothing stopping me. Like I've got no excuses. I did I did a couple of years ago, two years ago, but now it's just like, mate, it's all on me now. Like I've got everything. I can't complain. If I lose, it's my fault. <laughs> so it's like, let's go. <laughs> now, of course, that, that's the work ethic to have. And obviously it was only last Friday where you qualified for the European Games final. And more importantly, that meant you qualify for the Paris 2024 Olympics. I mean, that must have been an incredible feeling. Right, I was like, I'll never forget last Friday because uh, it's something, you know, like day in, day out, waking up in the morning, going to training, 
in the morning, doing my runs, coming back, doing my SNC, coming back, doing my sparring or whatever, getting beat down, losing teeth, breaking bones, and still being positive and knowing that I'm gonna be in the Olympics one day and it's all gonna be worth it. And on Friday, it was sort of it was that um confirmation. Like, yeah, that's it, you're right. You're going there. So it, it meant everything to me. Um yeah, I'm very grateful. And that was the first qualifier, was it? For Paris? For yeah, first qualifiers out of three. So there's uh, two more opportunities next year. Um, but I'm, I'm just so grateful to to do it in the first one. So, so what are your plans now between, well, for the next year or so, isn't it? What what have you, what are your like, plans for? Focus for the Olympic Games. You know, I'm in a position now where I can um, really focus for all my attention to one thing, which is to get on top of that podium next year in the Paris Olympics. So, um, you know, I don't have to worry about qualifying again or anything like that. For me, it puts me in a really good spot. So now it's all about getting in the ring with as many opponents as I possibly can, sparring, competing, doesn't matter, and and looking at that bigger picture next year. I've got one year. It's going to fly by, I know. Um, but I will take it in my stride, take it step by step. Like I always have. I'm not going to change anything in terms of my training and commitment. I know I have that. Um, in terms of like my actual technique and, and everything like that, I know I've got a lot to work on. So there is things to change inside the ring and I will be doing that and I've got a year to do it. I feel like that's uh, that's perfect time for me to excel in the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously British super heavyweights, we've got quite a good record at the Olympics recently. I mean, we've medalled in five of the last six, is it? Um, uh, with the supers, you mean? Yeah, super, super heavyweight, sorry. Yeah, I believe so. Five of the last six. I've never looked at it that way. So it's Audi Harrison. Is that from Audi Har- from two thousand six? From two thousand? I think it was Athens. I think Athens is the only one where we've. Not- yeah, Athens is the only one. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah, Audi. Yeah, from two thousand. But apart from two thousand four, they've all everyone's medaled. So, and um, it puts me in a good position because I know that I'm more than capable of doing it because of the team. Um, the people I'm surrounded with they've been there done that they've took these guys to the finals they've took these guys to the Olympic Games so I know that um, I'm in good hands um, and I'll do everything in my power to um, to replicate what they've done and obviously it's going to beg the question I know you don't want to look past Paris as that's that's the main thing at the moment but there are going to be questions about you turning professional what are you what are your intentions with that yeah, totally professional. Uh, after the Olympic Games, that's for me the natural uh, step. After the Olympics, I've always looked up to the likes of Anthony Joshua, Joyce, um, and these guys, these and Fraser Clark, for example. Like these guys, you know, naturally they've progressed through through the um, the Olympics and gotten turned professional. So that's exactly what I'll be doing. Um, I feel like it's only natural for me, you know, because I'll get the, all the experience that I need and be able to take on the world as a professional. Yeah, you mentioned the names there, the likes of AJ, Joyce, and I know I know Fraser Clark's very involved still. He's he's very much a team player. How much of a help has Fraser been to, to you? He's been a massive help. When I started, when I got on the, on the programme, you know, he was the number one. Uh, super, he was the one I looked up to he was the one that I looked to get as much information in and out of the ring from and that's exactly what he did, He's, he was a great role, role model inside and out of the ring and I shared so many rounds of him 
I was able to even share the rounds just before he actually went out to compete the game. So, you know, out in Tokyo. So I was able to really take advantage of um, his experience because he's been there and done that. Um, so I'm very grateful for that and what he's um, done uh, for me. And it, it works both ways, you know. I've, I've, I'm sure I've helped him a lot, um, you know, um, in that sort of Olympic uh, stages. So we've been pushing each other on. And, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better um, person to get me from that domestic level to the international level that I'm on now. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's a year away. I'm sure you're going to have a very tough, but very much a learning year ahead of the games. And I've no doubt you're going to you, you're going to keep that run of well, make it six out of seven for us. That's how it. That's how it's going to look by the looks of it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure we'll catch up before then. I'm sure we'll get a couple of catch ups in before then to see how you're taking over. But delicious. It's been an absolute pleasure, and and thank thank you for giving us some of your time because I know it's, it's pretty hectic at the moment for you. <laughs> not not a problem. I you know I absolutely love it. This is what it's all about, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see what's uh, what the next year has got to uh, got in store for us. Great, thank you, delicious. Thank you very much. Take care, mate. Bye bye. Join us for the very first IFL live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the thirteenth, with me, Cookie Cassius, and some very special guests: Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn, you get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.